Hi, hello, how are you? Sorry, I can't come to the phone right now. I've left you a little update. Have a listen. It is March. Hello, March. Can you not rain? Please, March, please don't rain. There have been landslides, landslips, floods, all sorts of things. It's like Armageddon out there, isn't it? So how are you all? I hope you've had a wonderful weekend. I've had quite a good weekend. I have been staying at my sister-in-law's this weekend and um, I'm a little bit tired because um, last night I was kept awake by the little scrappy-scrapping, scrappy-scrapping of what sounded like a little rodent-y type thing. Uh, trying to get into my handbag, funnily enough. Uh, couldn't find it yesterday. And then today I happened to see it just casually, just quite casually wander across the kitchen floor. Now, I thought last night that it must have been a mouse. Um, but when I caught sight of it, just wandering, as I say, casually across the kitchen floor, as if I was in its house, um, I think it is, I've identified it as a vole. Now, I got the little chart up because I thought, bloody hell, that is a big mouse. I've had mice at my mum's. I don't have mice at the house that I'm in now, my house. But when I was a kid, I can remember sometimes we used to get little, I don't know, like dormouse type things um, or little field mouses, mice, uh, in every now and then. And they were tiny little things, very teeny tiny, very long tails, very cute. Uh, this was quite a portly little thing with not such a long tail. And at first I thought, oh my God, it's a rat. Ah, it's a rat. But no, I got up on the old uh, Google and uh, I've identified it. Uh, uh, you know, just call me David Attenborough if you want. I've identified it as, oh, we have here in the kitchen a vole. Um, so yeah, I think it was a vole because it was quite sort of portly and more sort of squished than a rat and didn't have a long tail. So yes, I shared my living quarters with a vole this weekend. Who did you share yours with? Was it a vole? Was it a rat? Was it a cat? Was it a dog? Was it a dinosaur? Was it a kangaroo? Who knows? Could be any of those things. How are you? I'm doing okay. Sort of, I think, anyway. So yeah, it was a good weekend um, sharing quarters with some furry friends. I was going to speak to you today. I've been doing, the other thing I've been doing this week is um, <laughs> I've been filling out my CV. I haven't had a CV, what you would call a universal standard CV for a long time because um, I haven't had a sort of permanent job. I've been freelance for many, many, many years now. I've been a freelance creative uh, and as you know, I run my own business. So I haven't had to actually put together a CV for a long time. But there's this there's this opportunity that I'm very excited about. And I wanted to apply for it. And I realised that I can't just send over my sort of acting, comedy, presenting podcast uh, CV. Because that just won't cut the mustard. They won't see behind that and uh, realise that in order to do all those things, I must be able to be computer literate and do. So anyway, I basically thought I need to, I need to return to my old CV and update it, which is quite a lot of updating because it turns out I haven't actually looked at a CV as in a professional business type since 20... Well, I left my last permanent job in 2015, 2016. So yeah, it's a long while, isn't it? And uh, you know what, I, what I've enjoyed, actually, and I suggest that you all do this if you're freelance or um, a creative, having cobbled together and retraced all my steps, as you might put it, I've realised that I've done quite a lot. 
And I think sometimes, I don't know about you, if you're creative or you work for yourself, you tend to be, uh, I don't know if it's imposter syndrome or whatever, but you tend to sort of play down what you've achieved or it doesn't feel like you've achieved as much as if you were in a, a, a more usual workspace where you'd got promotions and you know, pay rises or been acknowledged for for the stuff that you've achieved. Uh, it's quite lonely, isn't it, when you work for yourself and you don't get those accolades, you know. No one stands up, no one tells you like you were a kid to stand up in assembly and have a round of applause. Or uh, at my school, you used to stand up in assembly and then you got, if you were really good at something, uh, you'd stand up in assembly, you'd have a round of applause and then you'd get the opportunity to go to the headmaster's room and choose a ladybird book of your choice you see so uh, as you get older you still need that you know I still very much feel like I need to be able to stand up in assembly and pick a ladybird book because I still am an avid reader and uh, actually I was in a bookshop in a charity bookshop today in Hythe and it had a whole um, I nearly bought them all it had a whole shelf of ladybird books and one of them was called I like to write and I'm, I'm regretting not getting that already. I might have to go back. But those Ladybird books, I don't know how old you are, but if, you, if you're sort of my age, they will mean something to you for sure. And they do spoof ones now that are hilarious. But, you know, I was around and had the original ones and they meant the world to me because you could, you know, if you had one of those, that was the greatest accolade you could get at school. Like I said, you, get, you got to stand up, you had a little round of applause um, and then you got to go and pick, pick, and the, in the headmaster's office was, I think, every bloody ladybird book that ever existed. And you could just go and pick one of these little hardback, thin things up and it would be yours. And and often the headmaster or headmistress would write a little note in it as well. So all I'm saying is I've got, you know, I've lost track a little bit. Um, I got excited about the, the memory of standing up in assembly. When you work for yourself, it's a void, isn't it? It's a void of churning out, doing your best quality work uh, with very little recompense often or recognition. So going back to what I was saying, which is uh, doing an actual CV where I've, I've actually written down for the first time in probably nine years exactly what I've done in the last nine years. I just hit the microphone stand because I tend to talk with my hands. If you could see me, I, even though you can't see me, I'm expressing myself verbally through the medium of mime, which uh, makes no difference to you. I realise this. But uh, just so that you know, that's how enthusiastic I am, that I am still talking to you with my hands, even though you can only hear my voice. So so again, going back to what I was saying, I uh, I have filled in the last nine years of what I've been up to. And when you look at it as a whole, you're like, Actually, Joe Burke, you know, you know, when you have this imposter syndrome, mostly, you've actually done quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you have. You have. It's not always been easy is the other thing, you know, and it's not always been paid and it's not always been um, commercially successful. But that's a good point, isn't it? What is, well, we know what commercially successful is, you know, put your feet up and retire on it. No. Have you done that, Joe? No, no, I haven't. Conclusively, that is uh, not the thing that I have done. But it's how you measure success, isn't it? So has what I've done been a success? Yes, it has. 
Have I achieved what I wanted to achieve with the things that I've done? Yes, I have. Do people buy my books? Yes, they do. Do people enjoy my work? Yes, they do. Is that success? I think possibly. Is it a commercial success? Not in the thousands and thousands and thousands and billions, but that's partly because I don't have the resources behind me to um, get to those people. So all I'm saying is if you are a a freelancer, a sole trader, work for yourself, um, you're not alone, you know, and and I see you. I see you guys uh, the same as I see myself that, uh, you know, we're grafters, aren't we? We're grafters and we do it uh, for the best of reasons. We do stuff because we just bloody love it and we can't not do it. And there's not really much greater reason to do stuff, is there really? And and we do it regardless of whether it pays the bills. So how many people do stuff because they have to and not because they have to because of money? So there you go. That's not saying that I, I've got some sort of <laughs> pot of cash that pays for things when things don't work out. I haven't. It just means, you know, the heating bill doesn't get paid. I eat less. <laughs> the, uh, you know, we go without things. Let's just say that sometimes, like holidays for years. What's a holiday? So basically, all I'm saying is sometimes it's good, isn't it, to um, reflect on what you have achieved and um sometimes it's good to also recalibrate what is success because it's not always a million followers or likes. What does that even mean anyway? You know, it's, yeah, it's great. And I'm not, I'm not degrading or um, saying that anyone that has all that is not brilliant. I'm, I'm sure they are and I'm sure they feel wonderful about it. I'm sure I would. But what does it actually mean in real terms? Does that, does that mean that that work is any better than anyone's that doesn't receive that. I don't think it does. I think, you know, there there are so many brilliant comedians that I know that have not been on TV that don't get the views on their stuff that I feel they're worthy of and, you know, that have been grafting for years and years and years and are at what I would say the top of their game and are still, you know, pounding the streets, selling their wares sorts of thing without a huge amount of recognition for that and um I take my hat off to them every one of them and I also take my hat off to the people that have done that and they are making inroads in the industry because it's not easy and it and it is a closed shop it does matter who you know and if you're working class like a lot of us are um you don't have the contacts you know (laughs) you know you just don't you don't have those inbuilt contacts that you made at uni or through parents, friends of friends, uh, you, you just don't, you know, no one I know is any big wig anywhere. <laughs> so, um, and I think that's the case for a lot of my um, friends and colleagues. So the fact that we're still standing and still doing what we love, I think we should sometimes just sit back and go, do you know what? This is good enough. This is good enough. And we're very fortunate to do what we do. So I'm waffling a bit. I I see that. But the other thing I've been thinking, and it's made me chuckle while I was sorting out this professional CV for this uh, role that I'd like to do, um, ideally freelance if I could, because I could just add that on to what I do now. I suddenly thought a CV is a really good place to start for a funeral, isn't it? Bear with me, because what I was thinking is a lot of funerals, 
are held by priests and vicars or people that didn't really know that person very often isn't it very often it's it's somebody that just has a few notes that have been put together by a member of the family it's very rarely read out by somebody that really knows that person and often it's all very um nice you know nobody ever stands up and say oh she was a shit bag <laughs> we're all better off without her nobody's ever that honest are they and, and not everyone that dies can have been lovely and missed can they so let's be real about that um so i was thinking as a as a sort of fail safe if you're ever stuck at funerals and i might i might suggest that this happens at mine that um someone should just bore the whole congregation by reading your entire cv <laughs> including your hobbies and interests. <laughs> so uh, so there, and then that's that's much easier, isn't it? Because most people do have a CV. So, so whoever's being dealt the, um, the blow of having to deal with your loss and uh, queuing up the priest or the person that's going to do the eulogy, you can just go here, I've, print, I've printed their CV. If you could just read that out, that'd be great. <laughs> so there you go. The other thing I should mention is I've just started doing um, my other podcast, which was the the first podcast I started, which is Real Folk with Joe Burke. I interviewed uh, one of my comedy colleagues who does a spoof president, President Abonjo. So if you want to listen to that, uh, you can listen to that wherever you've got this podcast too. And that's called Real Folk with Joe Burke. So that's available free too. And I suppose the main, the main thing I've taken out of this weekend is that uh, I often think of myself as not achieving enough and not doing enough. But when you do reflect and, and add it all up, it adds up to quite a body of work. And I think we shouldn't beat ourselves up so much and that we should um, we should take a moment to go, do you know what? You did good. You did all right there. And a lot of that, you know, some of that was during very difficult times, like the lockdowns and things, and yet you still managed to do stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm just saying on this Monday, the 4th of March, you're good. We're good. You know, let's carry on carrying on. Speak soon.